You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I'm Cliffy D, and you can find me on Twitter at Cliffy D. And I'm Tim Capper. You can find me at Twitter at Repact, R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this podcast is brought to you by our friends at SportBuff. If you use the promo code FLIGHTDECK-10, you'll save 10% on your entire order. Head to SportBuffShop.com. What's up, buddy? How are you? Oh, man. It's been a while. It's well, been a little while. Wasn't, it wasn't our so, fault. Things got messed up. But Well, and there's also holidays. There's also, you know, the fact that there's no football yet to talk about. But, you know, we're going to find football to talk about. And talk about it, we are. We're so getting, getting, here we are, folks. We're getting, we're getting so close. So close. Oh, it is less than a month until training camp. I mean, if this if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what's going to get you excited. As, as long as everything goes well with the current negotiations, you know, our our hope is that we will be over in Trois-Rivières that first weekend. We won't make it for rookie camp, I don't think, but we'll be there for that first weekend for when camp officially opens. So When it becomes officially official. And let me tell you, it's going to feel so good to be able to say that we're at training camp for the first time in, I guess it'll be now three years. Something like that. Yeah. Us. It's... It, it, boggles the mind it kind of hurts when you think about it but you know what like i said i'd rather focus on the positive and the positive is the alouettes are going to have training camp fans are not only invited but they are expected to show up so folks make the trip if you have a chance get out to trois Rivière. it's not that far from montreal i'm sure the alouettes in due time are going to be posting more details on how you can attend camp and how you can be a part of this come out support your team and get a chance to finally get that football feeling again. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. That's right, baby. Hey, and, and it's and it's less time traveling to Trois Rivières than it is going to uh, to Ottawa. So that? there's that. Besides, I've never been. To, I've never been to Three Rivers. You never, have not. No, I haven't. I've been through it. So it's nice. I uh, I actually there's a fun fact. There's a uh, neat little tiki bar there. That, uh, of course, of course of... there is. You telling me where the where there's a bar? Of course, you're telling me there is. <laughs> what, what are you implying? Well, let's see. How many flights of beer did you have when you were in Burlington? That, that's not that's not important. I'm just <laughs> you plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Give me another round. <laughs> uh, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. That, yeah, uh, bring yeah. them all over. Exactly. Because <laughs> the flight is what? Is it five or six? Uh, it depends where you go. Most. Most really? breweries, though, it's uh, four beers. Uh, oh. Some can go as high as six. Uh, so, I mean, it's... And some will just don't have, necessarily have flights. They just offer, like, small sizes. So you can, in theory, order all of the beers to try. So Damn. this is also pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. It's a great little hobby, I must say. Yeah. So, and so you're saying about the Tiki will, Bar? Oh, dude, Tiki Bar is nice. It's actually it, called Tiki the, Bar? Uh, I believe it is. And it's got the whole motif and everything. And, you know, this. A nice patios too, so you can sit outside in the sunshine and drink your uh, your girly beverages. It's 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 awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> now is it now? Obviously, for those who may not know about uh, Trois Rivières, it, it is still technically a 
it is a university slash college town, you know, with um, uh, the University of, uh, what is it, uh, UQTR? Uh, yeah, University of Quebec Trois-Rivières. Yeah, and obviously the Sejep where the uh, Alouettes are going to be playing. That looks like a For that to be a Sejep stadium, by the way, damn, that thing looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Trois-Rivières, they've, they've grown by leaps and bounds, and they've really immerse themselves into the culture and, yep. and they got baseball they got baseball there too the, a frontier exactly. league team yeah also too uh the montreal canadians their echl team is based in Trois Rivières. oh that's right yes what a, yeah that's a, that's a boss logo they have too i will admit exactly so i mean like you know it's a it's a happening place and now they can say that they are hosting the montreal alouettes for cfl training camp how great is that? Al's got to take advantage of this. I mentioned this on social media. I think I mentioned it last episode too. But the Al's got to take advantage of this and, and partner with their the Frontier League Eagles and make have a night. I think I mentioned that last episode. But they need to, you know, a Montreal Alouettes night at the ballpark type of thing. Take advantage of it. Exactly. And p- promote the team and give away tickets, that type of thing. So, hey, by the way, we had a guest this week. Nice. I think you were involved in it. Yes, it is. I was going to say, it's nice that we had a guest. It was, it's nice to be able to welcome on one of the new free agent acquisitions of the Montreal Alouettes. We were blessed to be able to join by Herji Mayala. Yep. Hometown is, kid. Hometown kid, too. Hometown kid, uh, wide receiver, and also a marketing entrepreneur. Yes, And you'll, sure. you'll get to hear about that in his uh, interview it's later pre- on. It's uh, pretty boss. It's pretty boss, I will admit. Yep. So we're, we're excited to be able to present that to you folks. Uh you know, stay tuned for that. Uh, but uh, man, there's all kinds of stuff happening, Tim. That's uh, just today, even as we're recording this, uh, some we major lucked, news drops. Yeah, we lucked out so much. <laughs> that that's that's when the podcast gods are looking down at you and they're, they're sending you gifts. Like you got some news to talk about because. I'm sure as many of the other podcasts in the, uh, uh, you know, the, the CFL podcast, CF podcast network are having problems finding news to talk about because there's really, just, and, uh, is and let's, let's face it. There's only so much of my beer tasting that I can stretch into like a, you I know, t- an hour show. I so. know, <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, we were blessed by a couple of things. So a lot of league related stuff, which are very interesting because we, we somehow knew it was coming. Um, the launch or the reveal of the new Alouette's helmet. Uh, and we wanted to also talk about, because uh, we heard talked about it with Urgy, we want to talk about VA's training camp. What, what should we call it? Training session in Tacoma, uh, in Tacoma Washington. I, I believe it was a mini camp of sorts. I Can mean, you so I guess really I, call it I, a mini camp? Well, I mean, it wasn't like... It, I guess compared to a train, an actual training camp well, no, no, that like, goes for like three weeks. No, no, true. But, but in my my thought process to this is is that you know like the nfl you cannot call something and when these guys get together it cannot be an ota right because that would involve the entire team right because ota stands for organized team activities and that would imply that the entire team would be involved is it is it though yes okay i I, i'm just i'm just asking because i thought when you say team it could technically be the offense not you know not deep you know you understand what i'm saying that's that's why i was but I get your point, though. I understand. I understand what you're saying, though. It's one of those. It's like that's why I call it a training a fr- session. That's why I call it a training session for for for, for VA. Well, in any event, it was it's a chance for VA to get his receivers and you know basically the guys on offense on board as far as you know, as the playbook and what he expects out of them and how he's going to work with them because he's got some new faces to work with as well. So yeah, and, and, and just a. Ch- 
a good team bonding session as well. A good chance to, for the guys to get to know each other and uh, really connect off the field as well as on the field. So, And props to Joey Alfieri and the uh, and the Owls website and you know their social media guys to pr- finally promoting this thing because it wasn't promoted at all last year. I'm 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 glad he, VA got the props for it. I don't know if he if VA, which is something we we'll have to ask him at training camp, if he was if this is the type of thing that he keep, wants to really keep on the DL, you know, really get praise for this type of thing because you know guys, I mean, we gave him praise on social media anyways. But again, for those right. of you who don't know, this is the second time in a year where VA has foot the bill for everything yeah he flew the players out he put them up in hotels he's took care of their meals took care of uh training uh massage sessions uh yeah yeah and and i think i read in the story where i think it was the alouette story they were saying that it took him a month to to get this all together which i can understand oh i believe it and you know also gotta give props to the cflpa they also uh sent some merch out that way they hooked them up some some merch man yeah, yeah, that's that's good on them because again they realize like this is this is for the play like, it's by the players for the players, yep. Yep. and that's what the that's what the PA has to be about and promoting these kind of things like this is only good's going to come out of it as far as we're concerned. So yep. it kind of behooves the CFLPA to get on board and you know even if it's just something simple, just little things like just send out some swag. I mean that that makes a big difference, and I think that the players appreciate. They feel like they're being noticed, they're being seen, which is which is huge in and of itself. Right, I agree. And you know, I'm just throwing this out there now. Hey, if we can be there next year, you know, even if it is on our own, our own dime, I'll be more than happy to give them the pro- the props that they deserve. Exactly. I think, and that's what it is. Is I think a lot of people are starting to p- really pick up and take notice of this now. It's one of those things that's kind of catching steam, and I don't know if this is going to impede other quarterbacks of other teams to want to do this with their receivers and running backs and whatnot. Like to me, like it, it, it's a no-brainer. Like to me, it just shows the commitment level that you have with your team. Yeah, and this shows like this is Vernon Adams' football team, one hundred percent. It always has been, and moves like this ensure mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt, mm-hmm. regardless of whoever gets signed in free agency or what have you that this is 100% Vernon Adams' football team. He sees it. He has taken ownership of this team with moves like this. I agree. It's undisputed as far as I'm concerned. And we're probably gushing as much as we did last year, but I think it's just a matter of doing it for the second year in a row. I, I feel it gives, and, and Herjie, meant, you know, we talked to him about it too in the, in the interview, it gives them a leg up. It really, really does, in my opinion. I mean, they're able to go over some of the plays, potentially get some chemistry with the, with the quarterbacks. So now I think it benefits, I I think it benefits like the new guys like Herji and Dominic Davis, who were also, who was also a part of this camp. Yep. In addition to the veterans, like William Stanback, Jake Winicky, Gino Lewis, like I think they all become links of a chain. And that's the thing. Like you're only as strong as your weakest link. And I think a move like this just strengthens everybody who becomes a part of it. And to also in, uh, to actually invite two play, uh, two players from a, from two opposing teams, mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, that's they want." I guess they want the best there, especially if they do play D. They want the best people there, without question. I mean, that's like they say, "Iron sharpens iron." I mean, you want you want you say you're the best, you got to prove it. You got to yeah. show like, and what better way than to go up against the best? Yeah, for sure. Like people who want it as bad as you do. Yeah, like that. That just it raises the stakes. It raises your comp- competition level. I mean, there's, as far as I'm concerned, it's all positive. 
it's oh, all for sure. positive for this. Yep. Now, do you have a list of, for those who may have not seen the picture, do you have a list of the players that, that were invited to attend? I don't have the full list, but I can tell you right now, like guys like, uh, as I said before, like Jake Winecki, William Stanbeck, uh, Kion Julian Grant, Herji Maiella, guest of the show tonight, uh, Dominique Davis, who also has joined the Alouettes, uh, was a part of this uh, session as well. Uh, a couple other smaller, uh, a couple other younger players that uh, I don't believe are part of the team were also invited as well. So, I mean, it was a good group for the most part. And again, VA, like I said, he took care of everybody. He made sure everybody was there, everybody was fed, everybody was housed, everybody got the equipment they needed. They went through their drills, went through the playbook. Uh, you know, I I think they got a really good leg up on everybody. So, like when yep. they come into camp in yep. less than a month's time they're going to be that much more advanced as far as I'm concerned. And like I said, I just don't see any negative to it. Yeah, here's some other words. Uh, Joshua Antwi was also there. Dante Absher was there. Um, Gino, obviously. I'm trying to check out check out some of the pictures on VA's, uh, VA's Instagram here. Can't choose the other player. <laughs> 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 what the hell, man? Anyways, I, I, if we missed anybody, but but still. It, it's, well, and maybe, maybe if... Uh, Vernon decides that we're worthy enough to attend. Uh, maybe we'll just have to we'll have to write the press release for him. So you, you know, which we are willing to do. Just putting it out there. Does that, know, so into so if the players get the picture, does that mean we get our own picture too? I don't see why not. I, you know, there's always a thought, you know. or at least a selfie. I mean, I, there. Oh yeah, there we go. That sounds good. To start, good. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, what do you guys think about what they what they what VA has done for the second straight year in a row? Um, you know. Let us know on socials, and you know we're just curious to know what you guys think because again, this is our quarterback. Hashtag our quarterback. So yes, and like I said, you don't see Bo Levi do. doing this. <laughs> you don't see Cody Fajardo doing this. Nope. You don't see. Uh, I was going to say who who's who's the else quarterback going to be this year? I, uh, I don't you don't see Mazzoli. <laughs> how about this? You don't see Mazzoli doing this. Nope. So there you go. Uh, as we mentioned, you know, as I said, the the news gods kind of gave us a you know gave us a bone today. Uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. it was late yesterday, the Alouettes announced, uh, teased that they were going to be an, uh, unveiling a new helmet today. And show enough, they did. So for those of you who remember or may not, is that the the, uh, the helmet that the Alouettes were using, which I call the, the uh, what, I called it something specific on social. Uh, from the, I call it from the top. They're from the top ver- edition of the helmet. You know, had the, the Alouette's logo painted painted on top. Uh, I know I mentioned it before in shows past, Cliff, but for those who don't know, that was actually, that wasn't a sticker. It wasn't a decal. It was mm-hmm. painted. So it was... That's right. So the team was going through an extra bit of work just to have that on there. Um, so the so they had this since the, the rebranding in 2019. So they only wore these helmets two uh, for two seasons. Not even two Correct. full seasons. That's the funny thing. Not even, technically, not even two full seasons. Technically, no, right. But the Alouettes announced, uh, you know, unveiled their new helmet today. Um, it is uh, the same blue, dark blue shell, except this time now that the logo has been moved to each side of the helmet, um, outlined in a, uh, a white outline. And they have uh, added a new center stripe. Uh, which is uh, uh, well, it's red, white, and blue. Um, mm-hmm. More prominence to the red, um, but still same, same, same face mask, red face mask, 
and it's it's gotten uh, I think it's gotten some pretty good traction from what I've seen. Uh, most people seem to like it across the, the CFL universe and Alouette's Nation. Uh, I know I when I sent it, I know I sent it to you, and it was the first time you saw it in an email this morning. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on the on the logo? Uh, sorry, on the change. I got it. I'll be completely honest. Like I don't hate it, but I'm not. I, I didn't think there was any problem with the old helmet, to tell you the truth. I really liked it. It was so outside of the box thinking, the way they put the logo on top, and it kind of like spilled over. Yeah. Like it just created a new aesthetic, which I thought was really sharp and really forward thinking. Whereas this just makes it look like almost any other helmet. Like, okay, this is what you expect of a football helmet is a, a, usually a stripe down the middle and then the logo on each side. I'm like, okay, it's there, but like, I'm just. I just don't find it all that impressive, to tell you the truth. I mean, I guess it's kind of interesting how the now there's a white outline of the actual Embird logo, which, okay, makes it stand out a little bit more. It but does, yeah. I, I just feel like doing this kind of takes away from that sort of original look that the Alouettes had. And now it's just like, okay, well, now it just looks like any other football helmet. Like, okay, like, hurrah. Like, <laughs> I mean, and I mean, I'm pretty sure that. I, I'm pretty sure this was done for a few, any number of reasons. But to me, like, I just felt like the, there was nothing wrong with the helmet from like 2019 to, I guess, today. Like, as far as I'm concerned, I thought that was a really sharp look. I think it was really innovative. And now you've kind of taken that away and just kind of gone along with the status quo. And to me, like, I find that's a little bit disappointing. I mean, like I said, I don't hate it per se, but yeah. I'm not in love with it. Like, I'm just like, eh, okay. Uh, I know it's a that. Helmet. You know, because I had a couple of thoughts on on what it could possibly what they, what else they could have done. I mean, I mean, as an example, you see how the you know the the new Washington Commanders put I think it's their star lo- or their W logo on the front of the helmet. And you know, my thought is if the Alouettes wanted to try something different, they could have made the logo smaller, put it on the very front, a la the uh, the 1974 Alouettes helmet, where they put the Delta logo right smack dab in the front of the helmet. And then put mm-hmm. and then put numbers on the side. They could have done something like that, but it makes me wonder if they wanted to bring back the bring back the stripe, you know, get something different. You know, the Alouettes really have not worn this weird to say this type of pattern of stripe. Uh, you know, I mean, similar to the one that they had from '96 on until they changed. But you know, it, it's I I think it's a it's a sharp look. I was a fan. I know a lot of people weren't of the old look. I liked it. It was unique. But I mean, I, I would still, as I said on on, on social media, I'd, I would still give this a solid nine. I really would. Um, you know, just just for collectors like me and longtime fans, it's like, damn! I, now I wish I really would have been able to purchase one of the one of the game helmets, but I didn't. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what helmet they wear as they go and take the field, as long as they they play the game properly yeah. and play to win it really doesn't matter what the helmet looks like but at the same time though i i'm i'm right in the middle to tell you the truth i don't hate it like i said but yeah i mean there's, there's not much, just not much more any direction that you can go unless you invent uh, unless you they the alouettes come up with a uh, i mean would they have dare have come up with a, an alternate logo i mean come on you gotta admit to sooner or later i think the alouettes will come up with an alternate logo that goes well with the current branding something like that maybe Perhaps. I mean, but, uh, and, but it's also better that they didn't just slap the the Rondell the Rondell logo on the helmet. I'll, I'll give them that. I mean, it's because uh, that too would just look even more cookie cutter. And 
as I said, like I just I just feel like it you, you took away the uniqueness of the previous uniform mm-hmm. and that's all. I mean, and now, like I, said, I, I see a lot of people do really like it. They, a lot of people are really excited about how it looks and this is the way it should have been and blah, blah, blah. Like, OK, that, listen, that's great. And, you know, you're, you're certainly entitled to your opinion. I'm just saying that I could, I'll get used to it and, you know, it'll be fine, once, especially once the season gets underway. It's just to me, like, like I said, it's just OK. I'm just not that jazzed about it right yeah. now. Perhaps it'll change. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. With it. Once the new uh, mini helmets come out, we'll see See how we feel, right? Well, and I think that's a lot of a lot of it, too, is uh, as far as uh, being able to merchandise something like this. I'm also wondering, too, if uh, because the logo won't be painted on anymore, now it's a sticker, essentially, it'd be easier to remove that sticker. And let's say you want to do a retro game, for example, and you want to put on, like, say, the Delta logo on the sides or even the Angry Bird or something like that and then just change the face mask. Boom! You can automatically do a quote-unquote, you know, retro game, and with with little to no changes in respect to the one helmet rule that the CFL currently has. Yeah, exactly. Until that possibly has changed, such with the NFL switching back to a two helmet rule now. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, it could have been anything, and we haven't really spoken with the team yet. Um, what what uh, what caused the change? I mean, my thought is is that this was launched in 2019 under a different. Uh, ownership and under a different front office. So I'm sure, we, you know, maybe Gary Stern wants something, maybe it had something to do with Mario. Uh, maybe he wanted to make the change as president. I don't know. I mean, could this have been in the works for years? It's very possible, but it's just a matter of how they were going to do it. But could this have been a cut, uh, cost cutting measure too? Yeah, for sure. Cause they don't have to worry. I mean, I could, I can only imagine how much it costs to do the, the, to do the, the helmets to paint them like that. Yeah, and that's the thing too. I mean, it was they were painted helmets. It's not like a, like you know, like yeah, there was a, apparently a yeah, fair, a, bit, a fair bit of work involved. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, anyways, hopefully they'll be in full. They'll be in full force and all dolled up at training camp. We can get our hands on one and, and see what it see what it looks like. Maybe, or I, I wonder too if they would just not they kind of do what they did in uh, years past and go logoless, eh. and make you earn eh. the logo. Eh. I kind of hope not because I think it's kind of <laughs> cheesy. But, <laughs> no, I, I see you agree with me. <laughs> Actually, leading in, leading into something else that we could uh, that we need to mention, uh, maybe the new helmet will be on display when Randy Ambrosi makes his return to the rescheduled Randy's road trip on May tenth. Mm, perhaps I think that'd be a great way to showcase it, especially you know who doesn't love a good town hall meeting or party event i mean this would be a great way for the ls to showcase that helmet live and let invitees come and take a look at it up close and mm-hmm. who knows maybe that would help change your like if you're not sure about the helmet maybe that would help change your perspective to see it up close and personal yeah maybe yeah i don't know i guess we'll see I mean, uh i i know your significant other wasn't uh wasn't much of a fan of the helmet itself and i happened to see her her comment on social media when they announced the change. Have you happened to talk to her yet and ask her what her what her feelings are about the about, about the new look? No, no, and I'm <laughs> sure nothing's going to change. <laughs> I hope she wasn't expecting an entire rebrand again. What team rebrands after? Mind you, this isn't. I mean, never well, mind. The Elvis, eh. Yeah, the Elvis have gone through a couple of different logos now. So I mean, like, at, at some point you're going to have to like tone it down just a bit. Like, find something that works. I mean, like. 
how many times has Saskatchewan changed their logo? I mean, I'm not talking about like minor alterations. I'm talking about changing the actual logo themselves. Three I or mean, just three or four times, I think, in their history. There you go. So I mean, like the Alouettes have gone through quite a few changes, and it's you know, like let's let's have a little consistency. Well, we also we also had a ten year gap. Do you think if the team had let had not left uh, folded in '87 that they would still be with the Delta logo? I still think so. Oh, no doubt. So. I don't know. Maybe but, this will lead to something else. Maybe in New Jersey, maybe something else, or maybe a modification of the jersey. We'll see. We'll have to see. Maybe not this year, maybe next. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I mean, if if nothing else, give uh, New Era a chance to, uh, you know, sell some new duds and uh, get, you know, try to get people excited about the team even more. So. Yeah, I'm waiting for the, the for the looks of the new merch. I'm just waiting for it to pop up. Whichever site has it first, at least we'll get an we'll uh, initial look. I know the Alouettes Boutique has had some new stuff there, but uh yeah i i don't know uh-huh. um speaking of alowitz boutique then one last thing before we head to our interview with uh, herji Mayala uh is that it was announced it was funny it was announced to me uh, in the email itself i think you saw it too cliff when we re- received the email concerning the rescheduling of uh, randy's road trip uh, there was a banner at the bottom that actually was promoting that's found it i found it really odd but i, I understand why but it was promoting the move it was promoting the move, the boutique, and the offices over the ticket offices. Uh, I guess and the organizational offices too, the management over on uh, over on St. Catherine Street to the to the Big O. Mm-hmm. So as of us taping, they have been officially moved over there. So the entire operation is now over at the Big O as of this date. Um, so that also means anybody who happened to go over to the St. Uh, St. Patrick Street warehouse, that's no more. Uh, so the team now has no, technically no storefront for their boutique. It'll only be stuff that was at the, uh, it will, that will be at the Gamer Online. Mm-hmm. Which I hope they may change a little bit. Maybe they'll have something at the stadium, but who goes out to the Big O? Well, and that's the thing is who goes out to the Big O? And even when you go to the Big O, there's really not a whole lot there Anyways, yeah, the old ex- the old expo boutique used to be a coffee house. I used to be. I haven't been there in so long that I have no clue. And even then, like, yeah, they've got some stuff that commemorates the Olympics and like the uh, oh yeah, uh, you know, like the, like you know, you got the access to the uh, the Olympic pool and you got the uh, uh, the access to the funicular to go up to the top of the tower and that's about it. You're I right. Mean, they're, like there's really nothing else around Olympic Stadium, so I mean, like, I mean, it's I, not exactly it's not it's not exactly a destination, is what I'm saying. No, but I understand that I mean, we spoke with with Corey, who is the the manager now at the boutique, um, for the last you know at the last um, <clears throat> uh, locker room sale. I mean, I understand I understand their reasoning. I understand the reasoning why they're doing this. You know, getting under one roof. But I still think you know, for those of you who don't know, the Alouettes really have not had when it came to storefronts in montreal they've never really had we're not you know they don't have team stores like they do in saskatchewan or or calgary or uh, edmonton winnipeg Winnipeg, they have one i think along bank street for ottawa uh i know cam would be able to correct me if i'm wrong there but i think it's along bank that's right um so the owls the owls have tried it you know years ago I think it was years ago they had a ticket office and they were selling merch, I think, over at, uh, 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 over at PVM, over at Placeville Marie. And then they had a kiosk or something like that over at Eaton Center. But it just didn't mm-hmm. last. No. So, and mind you, what does Toronto do? 
I think they. I don't think Toronto has one. Unless I think a, they're even. I think they're even a worse spot to tell you the truth. And it, despite the fact that they're owned by Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, who also owns the Raptors, Toronto FC, and of course the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Like you'd think being under that umbrella, they get some of that, just a, even just a little bit of that promotional machine, but no, not really. <laughs> yeah, no. So, I, I mean, I get, but again, I understand why. Uh, so if you have to do anything, I guess you, if you want to see them in person, that's you'll, where you'll have to go. But I, I I'm going to miss I, the warehouse was in a weird location, but it was available to people. I'm gonna. It I, was for the most. It was for the most part accessible. Yeah, I'm, I'm least, gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss it. But again, I, I I completely understand why they're doing it. So, but I'll miss it. I'll still yeah. miss it. I still miss it. I want to be able to try something on. You know that? I'm. You're like me. I want to try yeah. something on before I buy. But but well, you want it to be tangible. You want it to at least hold it in your hands and really look at it. Yeah, and, exactly. How many times you have know, you have you seen something that you've bought something online, received it, and you're like, ew. Happens far too often, and at that point, you're hoping and praying that their return policy or exchange policy is a good one. And okay. even then, you're still dealing with, okay, well, send it back, and you got to wait for it to come back in again, and so on and so forth. And at that time, like the that that moment, that buzz, the excitement of getting that that item, it just dissipates. Yeah, or it's it's dulled at least. Yeah, no, I know, but it but it is what it is. But it is what it is. I mean, and, uh, hopefully, things will will figure stuff out. Well, we can only pray because, I mean, like there's only – when you think about it, the Galloweds only have like 10 opportunities to try and sell you merchandise on game days. Mm, true. Yeah. I but, mean, I mean, you kind of want to maybe capture people in the moment, but at the same time too, like during the week, get someone hyped for a game and, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to the game and I want to make sure I'm, I'm all set. And like, yeah. but I don't have any gear. Yeah, I and I gotta wait until game day to buy it, and I'm too excited about the game, and I'm not even thinking about buying this jersey or hat or whatever. Like, you know, like you you want to capture that emotion right away as as best as you can, and sometimes it does take something like a, a bricks and mortar store to entice people and get them thinking about it and make it a place where people would want to go and 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 stuff like it's exactly what they do in Saskatchewan out and they do in Winnipeg. Like, just get players out there and get them get people excited about. You know, seeing their favorite players and trying on new merchandise and seeing how it fits, how it looks on you, and then making that commitment. Like to me, that's that's what it's about more than anything else. Yeah. And you just don't quite get that experience. You know, clicking on a on a shopping cart on the internet. Yeah, that's right. It's just not 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 quite the same. No, I agree. But it, you know, t- today you know today's problems, virtual problems, I guess. Right. <laughs> True enough. Yeah. True enough. So we had an interview, right? We did. We were. Again, blessed to be able to sit and chat with Herji Mayala. So exciting. We were excited when he came on board with the Alouettes because, again, Montreal kid comes home playing for the home team and he's got, you know, quite the story to tell himself. And, you know, it was it was just an absolute blast to sit down and talk with him. And I think you folks are going to I think you'll agree when it's all said and done, you're going to be very excited to see number one ASAP. Yes, sir. So we're, and we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. When we get back, we'll talk about the upcoming rule changes for the 2022 CFL season. And with it this week, it's the newest addition, one of the newest additions to the Montreal Alouettes roster. It's going to, having him added to the wealth of wide receivers we have, is just going to make this team even more exciting. On the line with us now is Herjimaya, wide receiver with the Montreal Alouettes. Hey, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. 
So, um, you know, people know, uh, people don't know. I mean, you've spent your first two years in, in Calgary, 2019 and uh, 2021. But we, what we want to find out, because, I mean, you are considered a national receiver here in, in, in Canada and with CFL. Um, and obviously you are uh, a native of Congo. But what we want to find out is how did you get involved in, you know, college in football in Connecticut, you know, what drew you to the actual sport itself? Um, you know, what, what made you, the, the, you know, what got you to be the player that you are today? Uh, to me, uh, sport was always a part of my life. Uh, growing up, it was just something that everybody in my family played some type of sport, whether it was basketball or soccer. And now uh, growing up for me, uh, football was kind of a back burner. Basketball was really the big thing. Uh, every one of my friends played basketball. I was a basketball player my, uh, myself. Uh, and I felt like I was pretty good back then. But it's really when I got in high school, uh, I, I was given an ultimatum by my mom because the school system, two sport, juggling two sport in school was kind of a recipe for failure. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of forced to pick between football and basketball. And uh, football just happened to be the thing that made the most sense for me. And uh, the second I made that decision, I think I was 10 years old and uh, I haven't looked back since. Cool. That's cool. I mean, I mean, with basketball itself. I mean, originally, what drew you to basketball? Besides, you know, you said your friends were playing basketball and stuff like that. But um, what originally drew you to basketball versus football, though? Besides your friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it was just uh, all the athletes that I looked up to. The people that I, my favorite athlete of all time is Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. So when I was watching them and like the the glare and the aura that he had, kind of drew me to the sport. And I just happened to have great sneakers, so that was another plus. But it was really just the athlete and the people that I looked up to at that point when I was really young were most of them basketball players. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like I wanted to be associated and kind of be like them. That's what really drew me to basketball at first. Okay. What what made you turn to football originally? Because as you know, some, most sports fans know you could have been a, a Deion Sanders. You could have gone a two-way. You could have been a Bo Jackson. You could have gone both ways. You know, both sports, to another two-sport player uh, athlete. But what made you choose football? Uh, to me, it was really because uh, I couldn't finish most of my games. I was in foul trouble a lot. And uh, <laughs> uh, foul trouble really kept me from, I feel like, reaching my full potential mm-hmm. or reaching to do some of the things I wanted to do. And uh, football, there was no foul trouble. It was literally encouraged to go out there and foul because I was a little bit of a bigger kid. Uh, therefore, I just felt like that was the sport that I was called to. And, uh, yeah, the violence, not the violence in itself, but just the, the – be able to be body to body in contact without getting called for it, without getting penalized for it. That's what really drew me to football. Okay. Were you always a wide receiver playing football, or was uh, were you playing a uh, another position too? Uh, I started playing football. I wanted to play running back. I wanted to try as a running back, but I ended up as a DN. And then after playing DN, I moved to linebacker, linebacker to DB, DB to receiver. Wow. <laughs> You've been yeah, all around. It was, it was a journey. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to try to get Coach Kahari to allow you to play some defense this year, too? <laughs> I mean, uh, I would love to. If, you know, if the opportunity showed up, I would love to. I, think, I feel like I kind of do that already. I uh, did it last two years in special teams, uh, playing punt return and being one of the corners. So mm-hmm. I definitely got that. If they, they, they need me, I'll definitely go out there. Yeah, that'd be cool. There we go. I was going to say, with, with your height, I mean, like I think you could match up with uh, just about anybody. So, I mean... I, I think it'd be a bold strategy, quite frankly. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm on the same page as you guys. You know I mean? <laughs> Two for one. Why not? We're gonna advocate. We're gonna we're gonna call up Coach Kari. Hey, Coach, try him out. But Prino, let's see what let's see what he can do over training camp, just in case. Just in case. Uh, Look, we got two preseason games. Yeah, you know, exactly. Why not? I, I say I'm, I'm, 
I'm all in. I'm, I mean, <laughs> if you guys can make it happen, make that conversation happen, I'll definitely do it. We'll, we'll, we'll put it in the suggestion box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see what, we'll see what coach thinks about that one. Um, um, as you said, you look up to somebody, you know, obviously for playing, uh, for playing basketball, but when it comes to football, um, was there anybody that you, that you looked up to? Was anybody, any particular coach that gave you that particular pep talk or gave you some advice that made you say, that made you switch over and play, play football? Or uh, did anybody, you know, really, did you look up to anybody when it came to, to football itself? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, so me playing football, it was really just one day I was walking where I used to live at. It was like this little hill and everybody went in, in and out the complex mm-hmm. through that hill. And uh, the coach at the time was Nemo's Asmic. He just looked at me and he said, like, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to basketball practice. And I was, and he was like, nah, you should be playing football. And uh, that was the first day that I went. But football at the time, you had to pay, I think it was like $300 to register. Right. So I uh, went, signed up without telling my mom 100%. And then I came back home. And then they called her. And then I went back and I told them that I couldn't play. So one of my other coaches, uh, his name is Jean-Marc, he runs a... Uh, flight school here in uh, Montreal yeah. for the younger guys. And they kind of helped me with that. And uh, those two guys, I feel like they were the pillar to start my career. And then I had a lot of great coaches. Uh, Coach Terry, when I was playing for the North Shore Lions. Coach Jake, when I was playing for the North, uh, North Shore Mustangs. Mm-hmm. And then I just took up from there. Those couple people definitely gave me the confidence to do the thing that I knew I could have done, yeah. basically. Did your, I had to ask, did your mom give you, give you hell for signing up without telling her? Well, I was I was grounded for I think uh, two weeks. I couldn't go outside, so I would go from school right home. Oh, okay. And just do my homework. Yeah. What? So, what what made her warm up to the idea of you strapping on a helmet and pads and playing football versus basketball? Because I know you said you had to choose, but I mean, uh, yeah, I think it was more because uh, she knew Asmic, so that relationship was like, okay, this was going on, and also because football didn't end as late as basketball, and uh, uh, that was the biggest thing, like. Sometime when you walk in the night, people start doing stuff, mm-hmm. whatever. But football will end at, I think it was like 7.30 in the summer. So the sun is still outside, yeah. basically. Okay. Yeah. How would you, how would you, uh, um, how would you talk about your career at Connecticut? You know, because I know that, you know, during the time there, I think they they went, for, they were FCS, they switched over to FBS, but you know, you play six, mm-hmm. six all time at Connecticut since they moved over to FBS, but uh, how was how would you you look at your college career and uh, and you know what what you, what did you think how do you think that you did? Yeah, uh, personally, I feel like I got better each year. But uh, me just playing right now is a blessing because there's a lot of guys that didn't get that chance. Mm-hmm. But I feel like uh, my college career has definitely been accomplished all the things that I knew I could and everybody knew I could have done. And that's just like you know there's outside factors that played into it. But I felt like I left there knowing that. Uh, I did everything I could in my power to be the best that I could have been right. during my time there. Okay. What about uh, the fact that Connecticut's primarily considered a basketball school? Was that kind of like a like a, a ace up your sleeve if uh, football didn't work out? Uh, to me, uh, it was actually the motivation, one of the reasons why, other than, than uh, proximity, one of the reasons why I wanted to go there because uh, my recruiting class, we wanted to show that it's more than just uh, basketball schools because a lot of the schools, you know, the Schools that have both sports do well are usually put at top, and uh, we wanted to turn that around and kind of change people's perspective on what the UConn football program was. Mm-hmm. 
Very nice. And also, too, you wouldn't be, you're not the only uh, former or you're not the only Alouette who went to Connecticut too. Uh, Martin Bedard was uh, had a nice career mm-hmm. at, uh, with the Huskies. So you're you're following in some pretty good footsteps, yeah. I think. Yeah, nice. No, there's a lot of great guys. Uh, I think uh, I don't know if you guys remember my Trey Trey Restafrid. I played with him. Yep. Yes. Yep. Now Montreal drafted him. So yeah, it was uh just seeing a lot of guys like that, and then even older guys that used to come visit. You kind of like see how how blessed you are to be where you're at. All right. So now after a a solid career in Connecticut, uh, you end up uh, drafted for in the first round by the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, was there any indication that you'd be drafted elsewhere? Like, did uh, were you expecting? <laughs> Anyone else to draft you? Were you expecting Montreal maybe to draft you? What was your thoughts when you got drafted uh, that day? Uh, to me, honestly, uh, I think Hamilton did the most homework on me. Uh, I got on a bus to call with Hamilton, and at the time, they had the second pick. And uh, they would, like, call me and uh, stuff like that. And I was super excited, too. But at the same time, I felt like, because I was kind of keeping up with the CFL, and I knew that I felt like, personally, as a player, they had Speedy Banks, they had all the guys, and I just felt like, that wouldn't be like a place that I would thrive and do everything that I could. So that process kind of like just went and talking, talking. And as the process went, it was just like kind of getting like more distant and distance with them. And then on my pro day, actually, uh, Montreal and Calgary showed up. And uh, Calgary simply, I haven't talked to Calgary at all throughout the process. And they just asked me if we drafted, will you show up? And uh, I said, yeah, of course. And then draft day, they called me. Wow. that's That seems to be, you know, when you hear about how, what all football players go through when it comes to pro days and being a, and being approached by teams that seems to be the most odd or weird way you want to come in it's, it's like being picked right. you know it's like being picked uh, uh, for a high school football or for a pickup game it's like yeah you want to come you want to play with us that type of that, that's so unique Herdy. it really it really is i mean <laughs> it actually blows yeah, my I mind was, uh, when, you, when you think about that for pro football you know same thing for me because i've at that point like i said i haven't heard nothing from them but then you know, one conversation, then you're, I, I think it was probably a 20 second conversation, if that at most. And then he just, uh, their scouts just kind of walked away, shook his head, and then they called me. That's so yeah. weird. <laughs> Huffnagel works in interesting oh, ways. I was about I to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in serious ways. Yeah, being drafted by Coach Huff is, is, no, is, is probably one of the best things a player could do these days, too. I mean, it's, especially when they know his pedigree, you know, same thing with, with uh, you know, Coach Buono and stuff like that. So it's, wow. Mm hmm. Um. Yeah, because I'm. I'm looking. I'd forgotten about the. You know, it came to the the rankings too. I think the Owls didn't have a first round draft pick. Isn't that right, Cliff? In 2019. Uh, no, the. Uh, you know, they did a, it. Yeah. It was a. They forfeited it for the uh, supplemental draft. That's right. Yes, we were. The Owls. The Owls were in between the uh, the old uh, picks for uh, Johnny Manziel years. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It was an interesting time, Herji, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, when you look back at your, your short but uh, productive career, I'd say, in Calgary, uh, mm-hmm. what's the one thing you're going to remember the most uh, playing uh, for the red and white? Uh, I think it's just uh, the way, like you said, how to do things. It's kind of just uh, there's a system that's established. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's everything about it. It's about winning. And uh, anything that's done outside of it is not kind of tolerated. And that's one of the things that, Throughout my uh, time there, good or bad, that was one thing that I felt like I got from that place. How how to go about winning, what it takes, and like how you know in order to be great, what you have to do, and the way you got to see the game, and understand the game, in order to thrive. Now you've played with Bo Levi Mitchell, who I still consider, despite 
last year I felt he kind of took a, a bit of a step back because of injuries, but I still consider him to be like one of those top tier quarterbacks in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're going to be going to like you're playing with you after playing with him. Now you're going to be playing with Vernon Adams. Uh, both these guys were infamous uh, for uh, playing for Eastern Washington University, working in that system in the uh, uh, FCS. Uh, your first impression so far of uh, Vernon Adams, and how do you, how do you compare him initially? I know it's a, a small sample size you've had, but how do you compare initially yeah. working with Vernon compared to working with Bo Levi? Uh, I think they're both great quarterbacks, but uh, Vernon, I felt like Vernon uh, when I even before the second I saw Vernon reached out to me and. Uh, we kind of started going over the playbook within a week. You know, uh, I didn't know who he was and stuff like that. And the more I just got to talk to them, the more I, uh, when I went to Seattle, met him as a person. He's, you know, energetic and he's one of those guys that, you know, like you, you all you want to do is fight for him. You know what I mean? If he, he's going to give you a chance and you just feel like going out there and making something happen for him because, I mean, somebody that has so much life, so much, like, dedication to being great and the thing that he wants as a receiver, I feel like there's nothing that you want more than to see that person succeed and, that's about going out there and making plays. Mm-hmm. For sure. And actually, you, you brought it up, so at least I have to ask. What it, cause what Vernon has done over the past two years uh, for his teammates mm-hmm. is just mind-blowing. And, and a lot of people from across the CFL are looking at what he's been doing every year, fitting this mm-hmm. bill yeah. for this training camp. When you see a player at your quarterback doing this, you know, as a once a year type of thing, and you're a new, you're the new guy, and you're being invited to this type of thing. How does that make you feel about right. him, him, and the organization? Uh, to me, I felt super included. Uh, like I said, it was one of those like this, like you're part of family now moment. And uh, there's a lot of guys, and when I got there, like I was gelling with those guys, like I've been with him my whole life. And uh, seeing a guy like Vernon paying out of his own pocket, yeah, you know all those things that we were doing down there. To me, it's just like like I said, it's just a lot of respect for him. And he's one of those guys that I just felt like not a real, not even playing a game yet, but it's one of those guys that I just felt like I got to go to war for him. And I got to, you know, I wouldn't want to go to war with anybody else. Somebody that's willing to do that, I can only imagine what he would do on the field for me. So it's one of those things I was surprised and I was like in shock because, like I said, it's just some things that like you don't get every day type stuff. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, I don't, we've never seen Bo Levi do this. We've never seen, you know, Mazzoli do this. We've never seen some of the other, you know, quarterbacks in the league do this type of thing. And in two years straight, and once it broke last year that he did this type of thing, I, I think I got, you know, we knew we've known Vernon for quite a little bit and much more respect than, and I can only imagine as you as, the, as his teammate now, how you guys feel. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to ask you this. Now, knowing, a little bit more of the playbook and being able, do you feel that you're a little bit, you know, even though you haven't played a game yet, you know, we have camp coming up in less than a month. Do you feel that you're mm-hmm. a lot, uh, you're more on, you're more, you're, you're basically on the same level as the other wide receivers, knowing that you know some of the plays now and knowing what Vernon's ten- tendencies are. Oh uh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, I wouldn't say a hundred percent, but I feel like I'm 80%. Uh, the playbook, I feel like it's a playbook that's more, I want to say generic, but it's more simple. That allows you more to just go out there and play the game without really thinking too much. Right. And uh, as far as the receiver, like that's something that I wanted personally. I feel like playing with other great receiver, two things happen: your level of play elevate, and you get to compete. And that's the reason why I love the game so much. You get to compete every day, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, learning from guys like Jake and Gino, Reggie, Dante, all those guys to me is gonna be great for not just this year, but just for my career moving on and kind of like enjoying that competitive spirit yeah for sure for sure now i'm trying to remember here cliff correct me if i'm I'm wrong i'm trying to remember 
2019 and 2021. Uh, yeah, you did. You guys play. Yeah, you guys played versus here in Montreal at, with Calgary. What, what's your thought on the on the fans here at Percival Molson Stadium? Oh uh, man, 2019 was my rookie year when I played here. It's probably the best atmosphere I've been in since we played Missouri in college. And it was just one of the, uh, like, you just saw the fan was engaged. Uh, every play mattered to them. And uh, that was just something that I thrive in those type of environments where there's a, you know, everybody's involved. And I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I felt personally that was probably the hardest stadium that we played in my rookie year. That in Sask uh, in the CFL. Oh, it's Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> Funny that you mentioned it, Herjie, because uh, that game that you were talking about against Montreal, that was the uh, infamous Firefly game where everybody whipped out their cell phones in order to get the crowd hyped up yeah, and uh, exactly, the yeah. lights were going. I mean, yeah, that was that game, yeah. We, we talked with a lot of the Alouettes players on how they felt. They were, their minds were blown. But like for you guys, like just looking out in the crowd and seeing that, like just as the as opposing member of the, uh, a member of the opposing team, like how, how does that affect you guys? Like how does it, how do you guys react to something like that? Or do you just not even think about uh, it? To me, it was a little different because I felt like I was home. Uh, it was different from the other guys, but to me, I felt like I was home and uh, that environment, I felt like it was welcoming for me, even though they were boring me and stuff like that. But I just felt like I was home and I didn't feel any pressure. I just felt like I just felt like the right place while I was playing. And the, the occasional time that I would glimpse in the stadium, it would just give me a smile because I'm like, these fans are really into it. There you go. So, I mean, and now now you get to enjoy it as a member of the good guys. So that's that's awesome. <laughs> this could be awesome for right. you. <laughs> right. Oh man, um, was was Vernon the the final check mark that made you decide to come to Montreal? Because obviously, p- players have their their different reasons when, why they go to a particular location for for when they're a free agent. And we've asked many players that have that have been new free agents here in Montreal or why they've stayed and, and decided to come back. What was their reasoning? Was there any particular reason or any particular thing that besides VA that made that stood out? Uh, that said, you know what? I really do need to sign with Montreal. Let me give him this shot, even though it's a, currently just a one-year contract. I want to give him the shot and see how I can play. Yeah, uh, to me, uh, outside of football, was basically the biggest thing for me. Uh, my sister had my niece uh, end of 2020, mm-hmm. and I haven't gotten the chance to see her yet the, because of the COVID and everything in the football season. So for me, that was the number one factor. I want to get you know my sister, my niece, because she's the start of the next generation of our family, and I want to make sure that. You know, I just get a chance to be part of that. And uh, the second one, it was really just watching them play. Uh, you see all the guys involved. You see all the guys on the same page. You see all the guys moving to one beat. And I felt like, you know, Vernon is, like you said, he's top three, top two quarterback in the league. And I just felt like if I was in, implemented in that office, in that system, I felt like I could help him get to another level. Yeah. Now, I know, obviously, as we saw this year in free agency, um you know, a lot of players signed one-year contracts because of what's coming up with the current CBA situation and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I just at least had to ask, if the CBA had not been yeah. negotiated, Herjie, would you have signed for a longer term, maybe two years or more? I'm, I'm just I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, that's always like, you, as much as we love the game, it's still a business. And uh, that's definitely a factor and reason why guys like myself and other guys sign one-year deal. But I think that, yeah, uh, if the CBA was already done and I knew kind of what the future would look like, I definitely probably would have looked something longer than one year to you as a player when it comes to renegotiation years are they can they be as frustrating to you as a player as they can be to fans oh can you repeat that again yeah yeah when it comes to the years when they're renegotiating collective bargaining agreements 
can they be as frustrating mm-hmm. to you as a player as they are to fans? Oh, yeah, no, most definitely. Because as a player, you kind of want some type of, all right, I'm going into the situation knowing this and that. And kind of you don't want to miss out on anything, whether it's pay bumps or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, those things are kind of like the CBA negotiation kind of hold all that. And as you know, free agency goes by fast. Yeah. And if you're not early to sign, then you're basically forced to get whatever contract they give you. So it's kind of like, you know, there's give and takes. But it's, I feel like it's definitely, it's, it's definitely tough for a lot of guys whenever it's a negotiation year. Oh, for sure. And you just guys went through it, too, technically, for during the COVID season, too. You guys made, you know, you and the league got together and uh, the t- players in the uh, in the league got together to make some some changes, too. So let's hope that this this new contract, Ergy, is, uh, is more than two or three years, because we, we need to make sure the league overall needs to start promoting their players and have long term contracts for you guys, as long as you're getting paid fairly i'm a union guy myself i want to make sure you know i know you guys need to be paid paid what you guys are worth so yeah and i feel like the new uh not to talk about it but uh, i feel like the new cba everything going on in the league all the new partnership i feel like that will be more that will be better for the league because i feel like with all these new deal like i said that they sign and all that i yeah. think that it should give more incentive to people to stay where they at and uh, kind of enjoy and build something rather than just move around and trying to chase whatever's okay. out there I agree. I know what you mean. I know what you mean 100%. Cliff? All right. Well, speaking of uh, players and getting paid and making sure they get what they're worth, uh, Herji, I got to say, I am really excited to see you're teaming up with the KJ brand and coming out with these incredible shirts. I, I want to hear about how this came about. Uh, for, for me, it was, uh, like I said, we just uh, I just swiped to Twitter and stuff like that. And the big conversation was uh, the promotion that a lot of guys felt like the CFL wasn't the one for them. And uh, kind of getting to the younger generation. And uh, in Calgary, I was training some of the younger guys, uh, helping Eli Buka train, a uh, Montreal guy, train some of the guys. And a lot of them had kind of like vintage tea, but with like NFL players, their favorite player, or like something throwback, something that had just a face on it of somebody that they liked and nothing in the back. So in my head, those two thoughts kind of like collided. And I was like, well, why... You know, why not get a shirt and at the same time get the ability to go see whatever player that you're repping on the shirt? That's kind of my thought process. And the uh, QR code just came about as, like, to make it easier. Because nobody really want to, when you see something nice, it's like, oh, where do you get that? And then it's like, okay, now you got to go on this website and do that. Now I wanted to be like, oh, where do you get that? And then you just turn around and be like, hey, like, just scan the QR code and you're going to get it too. So that was my thought process behind it. I, I think it's genius, and also to the fact that you've got dates on the back, like a like a like a like a concert shirt, like it's yeah. a rock star, the tour, tour shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, trying to give that throwback vibe to it. I, I think it's great. I think it's you know it's a great way to promote yourself, and also too a great way to promote like you guys, like uh, you know, like hey, you want to see this exciting player? This is the way to do it. How do I get tickets? How do I mm-hmm. how do I get that awesome T shirt? Like you said, scan the QR code. Takes you to the site, boom, there you go. I, I love it. I think it's a fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I agree with you too, because I've seen some stuff too, Hergy, online. There's this company, it's called Breaking Tea, where they have a, 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 mm-hmm. a an official contract with NFL players and Major League Baseball, and I think with the NBA, uh, the WNBA, et cetera. And they make shirts as per, let's say, for instance, if you go off, okay, and you have a, a, mm-hmm. a three touchdown game and 150 yards. They could easily make a shirt of you right away with your likeness 
and you would get the proceeds of the shirt because they have an agreement with the with the CFLPA. That I mean, I wish they had, I wish they would reach out to you because your your idea is genius. It's just, it's the type of thing that play, mm-hmm. that the players in the CFL need not only to get their name out, but also so you guys can reap the benefits of the shirts that are being sold. So I'm glad I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you partnered with these guys. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, I think the next step that we're trying to take because uh, at first it was only uh, KJ Brand. And then now I'm trying to get some more guys. I, I partner with him, and then I'm trying to get Vernon to partner with him. A lot of just the more guys we have, the more teams are out there, the better it's going to be, and the more the CFL will take it seriously. And uh, that's kind of where where we're headed at, the direction that we want to take. Now, are and you, you guys doing? Think- sorry, sorry, go ahead, Cliff. Go ahead, Cliff. Okay, I was going to say, do you think uh, this is just the start of it? Like, uh, like today it's T-shirts. Do you think, uh, you know, as if, if this really takes off, do you think this could lead to other potential? like merchandise or any sort of other kind of exclusive experiences that fans could have with you? Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, I mean, another project that we're working on is uh, kind of touching the NFT world where, uh, like you said, like if you have a three touchdown game, there's going to be a special shirt and through that special shirt, you scan the QR code and it's like, you get a sign ball, you get this and that item from this player, or you get invited to this thing. And uh, this shirt is gonna kind of going to be your ticket into those places. So that's something that we're also monitoring right now. Ooh, okay, yeah, okay. Cool. This, is cool. this is that's very cool. This is like, like we're in 2022, and you're you're already in like 3022. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm I'm looking. I'm actually over there at the shop now, at the KJ Brand shop. Kamar Jordan, mm-hmm. yourself, Derek Dennis, uh, VA. These shirts are cool. Yeah, I like your I, I like your AS some. I like your ASAP Herg shirt. I like that one actually. Yeah, uh, ASAP is the name that uh, actually Eric Rogers gave me my rookie year. Yeah, because uh, I heard you was kind of like a name that not a lot of guys was like familiar with. So one day I just kind of walked in the locker room, listened to ASAP Rocky, and then he just stared at me for about five minutes, and then he said, "We gonna call you ASAP Herg." And then ever since then, it's kind of just been a a Calgary thing where ASAP Herg is Hergy. Okay. Well, we need ASAP to make we need to make sure that the All team right. starts promoting us because if I, can you see it now, Cliff? He scores a touchdown. And the NRPA announcer announces it as uh, as ASAP Herg scores a touchdown rather than Herdy Mile. <laughs> I'd love that. You, That's the way it should I, be. I, I, you know what? Because I, I was thinking, like, I, if you're scoring touchdowns for us, Herdy, I'm thinking like the hashtag number one with a bullet. But ASAP Herdy is a little bit shorter, so I mean, I can get more characters in. So, <laughs> or, or, or take up less characters. So. Actually, you know what? And we're gonna we're gonna promise this to you now, Herdy. We're when we promote the show and the interview tonight uh, on our socials, we're going to make sure we use that hashtag. Actually, mm-hmm. thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you for getting it out there. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make sure we do that because I, I love that. This is some nice stuff, too, man. So this is something you guys, that, as players, have done yourself. This is not through the actual uh, 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 CFLPA. Are they trying to get involved in any, no, any yeah. particular way, or is it just players only? Uh, so far, uh, the conversation is that they can't really get involved at this stage. And that's the reason why I feel like we kind of want to push it more. We kind of want to come with more stuff that okay. will catch the CFL itself eye. And then whenever they catch, they catch on and get on a get on a boat, I feel like it's gonna be a smooth sell after that. Nice. These are nice, man. This is good stuff. Now we need to get the shop, the Owls Boutique, to start picking some of this stuff up too. I think so. Yeah. I if you guys so. know anybody out there. Yes, sir. In, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> in the immortal words of VA, <laughs> yes, sir. We do. Yes, we sir. do. I'll, uh, well, I'll give Cliff the information, and, and we'll pass it along your way. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah. 
There you go. So what made you choose number one, Herge? Uh, to me, like, number one, I got it when I was playing down here. Uh, my whole mindset behind number one is it takes a day, it takes an opportunity, it takes just one moment in your life to happen in order for everything you ever wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people look at number one as pressure number, but I just look at it as, as just a number that, to me, reminds me of who I really am and uh, how I really see life and the things that I really like. Yeah, I like go. that because nice it's simple. Yeah, uh, true. Because if anybody thought of just an, what a number particular, what they when they saw a player wear a particular number, nobody would have thought of Anthony Anthony Calvillo who wore thirteen. Exactly. So well, you expect a more iconic number, but yeah, yeah, it's really what you make out of it. How long have you That's had? True. How long have you had the number one? Did you have it all through high school and college? Did or did you have any other numbers and using and then you decided at one point I, I need the number one. So uh, when I was in North Shore Mustang, my last midget year, I had number one. Okay. And that's kind of when it started for me. So then I went to prep school. They switched me to eight because they already had a number one. And I kind of tried to bribe the guy to get the number one. <laughs> but he never really gave it up. So when I got to college, my first year, there was also number one. I was 88 my freshman year. And uh, thank God, the number one that we had on the team transferred going to my sophomore year. So I took the number and I had it since. There you go. And now you're not giving up for nobody. He's about to say. <laughs> um, not, no one, no amount of money, no nothing can make me give that one up. All right. All right. Now, I want to ask you about the, the national receiver position. Uh, typically, mm-hmm. over the past few years, it's been kind of like a forgotten position a little bit. Uh, was that sort of a factor, in, in, like trying to change that narrative when you signed with Montreal? Because, I mean, you got guys like Kion Julian Grant. You've got Rashawn Simonize. And now yourself in the mix like now you're going to have to become a focal part of the offense as far as i'm concerned do you think that your mm-hmm. your signing with montreal is going to change that narrative that change that thought process as to how the national receiver is perceived here oh yeah most definitely i feel like it's uh like you said getting put to the field is kind of a as a receiver it's kind of like personally i wouldn't it's kind of disrespectful because you work so hard on your craft you do all these things it's to kind of be put to the side and kind of told i right, don't don't wreck the game too much and uh, personally i felt like I have the ability, I have, I put in the time, and if a team like Montreal give me an opportunity to go out there and make a change and then change the way that Canadian receiver in general I've seen or change the way that the whole racial thing is viewed, then if I get the chance to do that, then that's something that I felt like I needed to do for not just me, but the guys that are coming, coming after me. And maybe uh, if I go out there and do what I'm supposed to do and what I know I can do, then uh, it will be looked at differently and guys will be more, will look at will be looked at uh differently than just uh fill guys well there you go so i mean especially too if uh, within a week of signing with the alouettes you know qb1 decides to get in touch with you and gives you the playbook and gives you kind of gives you a, mm-hmm. a head start like trying to get you up to speed so to speak i mean it sounds to me like he definitely he's definitely sees you as an important part of the offense so yeah i yeah no it's uh it's, it's uh it, it definitely feels great to know that the guys in the building believe in you just as much as you believe in yourself you can't ask for more than that. <laughs> I was about to say, if, exactly. if I were to get that golden ticket from from Vernon to be to come to Seattle, I, I I knew I was a part of the team, and and we're hoping you get many many a chance. I, I can just imagine with you, you know, yourself and and uh, and Gino and Jake. I, mean, I can just imagine what our air attack can look like this year. Uh, you know, we're obviously we're hoping VA stays one hundred percent healthy the entire way through, but man, mm-hmm. I can only imagine what it's going to be like in twenty twenty two. Well, guys, I'm I'm gonna tell you that I'm even more excited. You guys are so, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, listen, we're we're less than a month in before training camp, so I mean, like, how, if you're not excited at this point, then something's terribly, terribly wrong. I know. Come on. And it's, an, well, and it's a new football, yeah, and it's a new start too. What, what's your thought on having? Because uh, obviously the Alouettes for the past couple of years have had training camp in Montreal. You know, went through the weird COVID thing last mm-hmm. year throughout the CFL. What's your, what's your thought on heading out to uh, to Trois Rivières uh, in a couple of weeks for training camp? Do you find not being in your home city a, a positive, or is it a, a negative when it comes to being a player? Well, I think it's positive because whenever you're in an area where nobody really knows what's going on, you kind of the team you gel mm-hmm. because. It's only what you know. And uh, kind of being away from the city, as we know that Montreal is alive, especially in the summer, kind of being away from the city and getting the season ready kind of help us lock in and understand what's at stake, at stake and then just kind of rely on each other and really focus on playing football and being the best that we can be uh, throughout the summer. Yeah. Because I, I, I didn't know. what did, did Calgary do the same thing, Herc? Or did, uh, or did they have it in city or did they do it elsewhere? I don't know what they did in Calgary. Uh, no, it was, uh, it was in the city at the stadium that we play at. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's better right away. Better right away. What can I say? <laughs> well, we're looking. We're looking forward. To, we're looking forward to seeing you there, man. We should be there. We're hoping both Cliff and I are hoping to be there uh, opening weekend in uh, Trois-Rivières, and uh, you know, see you. Just, just try, just try and stop us. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. F- football for hopefully, you know, real football, real camp, et cetera, et cetera. So we 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 can't wait to to come up and, and meet you for the very first time. So it's it's going to be fun, man. It really, really is. Yeah, no, most definitely. And uh, if you guys want to do a part two, I'm definitely open to that. Right, by all means. Well, I tell you what, we're we're excited to have you as a member of the Alouettes. Uh, where can people find you online? Let's let's get the, let's get the socials out of the way. Where yeah. can people find Herji online? Uh, on uh, Instagram is uh, first name last name Herji Mayala, and on uh, Twitter is Big Play Champ, which is going to be changed soon to ASAP Herd. So I'm working on that. Listen, this is the time. This is the time to do it, to really get everybody in on the ground floor. Make that let's let's make this happen. Let's make ASAP Herg happen. Yes. And gotta give a shout out gotta give a shout out also to where you can where they can find your brand. If you head over to thejkbrand.com, uh, it's under the collections section and it's under the players shop and you'll find uh, all the current uh, CFLers that are there, but you only want to buy one of the four shirts that are there from Hergie. So uh, don't don't look at anybody else. <laughs> just his four shirts. <laughs> yeah, I mean those four, and then uh, Vernon too. Oh, sorry, and VA yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's can't forget. Yeah. Special Vernon's love too. <laughs> yes, can't forget about VA. Hey, uh, Hergie, I, I'm just curious, uh, especially with the news today about the uh, the helmet, uh, the the new helmet that the Yellowheads are going to have. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but notice, like when I first saw your shirt, like. I don't know if it was like a trademark thing or what, but uh, it kind of looked like the helmet like that you have on your shirt, like that it looks like you're wearing, quote unquote, kind of looks mm-hmm. similar to that. W- was that by design or is it just kind of like, you know, obviously you couldn't use, necessarily use maybe use the Alouette's actual at the time helmet. Like, was there any, did you have any sort of insight as to the possible change or was it just a coincidence? Oh, uh, no. I mean, when the shirt came out, then I, by that time I knew, but when uh, that design was made, it was kind of just one of those things that, yeah, like you said, like we didn't want to be on uh, marketing infringement or whatever that is. Kind of just like do our own thing, but at the same time, still strong in Montreal. And uh, it just happened that the design that it came out with and the chose was pretty similar to it. So, I mean, this, this just works perfectly. I mean, if, if there's one positive you can take, whether you like the new helmet or not, like at least it kind of looks on brand with your shirt. It really does. Mm-hmm. The image, like it's. It's tremendous. Like I, I just couldn't help but think when I was looking at the new helmet today, and then seeing your shirt, it's like, holy cow! It's almost like you knew this was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, 
He had some. He had that inside information, man. We come on, come on. You you can tell us. You can tell us. Um, uh, One thing we we want to at least talk to you about real quickly before we let you go, uh, Hergie, is that obviously with the the announcement of the new CFL rules today, I don't know if you had it as a player, if you've had a chance to look at the new rules. Uh, What are your thoughts when it comes to the rules that pertain to you specifically as an offensive player? Mm -hmm. What, What are your thoughts on them? Uh, the rule that to me I felt like was the biggest game changer was the hash movement from uh, where it was at to kind of, I think it was six yards closer now. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, that's going to be a good start into implementing the quote-unquote Canadian position. And uh, I feel like that's going to be a game changer and it's going to be just involve everybody. It's not going to be an 11-on-11 game. It's going to be a 12-on-12 actually. And I just can't wait to see how it is used and uh, on our team and also like just across the league. Should be interesting too. I, th- I thought one of the more interesting rules too, Ergy, was the uh, two quarterbacks can be on the field at the same time. I was like, "What?" Right. <laughs> that- I mean, uh, we got like Gino claimed to be a quarterback, and I claim to be a quarterback. So technically, we always have two quarterbacks on the field. Hey, that means well, we, we'll ha- hold- we can we'll, well, have hold on a second. Four, we'll have four. That means we'll have four quarterbacks on the field. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, hold on. I, I don't want to deflate your, your balloon too much here, Hergy, but uh, Gino has a 100% passer rate. Can you, can you claim that? I know that. He, he tells me about it all the time. That's the first thing he says. <laughs> and, uh, we had the conversation. But, I mean, I just told him that I, I would be 102, but I just didn't get the chance yet. So, I'm hoping that uh, I can get my numbers up this year. All right. Well, listen, that, that that's the way to do it. If we can get four quarterbacks instead of two, we will beat I the system you. and we will score. I no, love it. I love it. Nothing better than a than a halfback or a, a flea flicker pass, man. I love those type of plays. Oh, my God. Colin, yeah, Colin Coach. Great. Yeah, Colin Coach. Uh, uh, Colin Coach. Uh, come on. Throw some more in. Just don't tell us what they are. You know, we don't want it to give away anything. Got to surprise every team. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> About um, hey Hergie, it was a blast talking to you, man. Uh, we love to be able to bring players in, whether you are veterans with the team or whether you are are new free agents. Uh, you got a lot of ties to the to the uh, to the city and tend to, uh, and, and now the team itself. But uh, we're looking forward to seeing you on the field, man. And uh, obviously, as I mentioned before, we're looking forward to seeing your training camp. Thank you guys for having me. I don't know what's more impressive: hearing about you know hearing about his career up to date or or a guy to take it into his own accord to start his own merchandise line to get, because you and I both know, and as we mentioned it before, and we talked to him after, after the fact too, after the interview itself, something that's sorely lacking in the CFL is the promotion of particular players across the league. 100%. And the fact that there's so many opportunities for players to get noticed and be promoted by the league. And it just seems to sort of just get passed over to the point where now the players have to take it upon themselves to be their own hype man, to really get their own name out there. And Hergie's doing that along with other players. And to be able to invest in something like that, to get in on ground floor on something like that is phenomenal. I'm excited to see just how far it'll go. Folks, by all means, check out Hergie's gear on the KJ brand. I'm I'm telling you right now, this is going to be exciting. If you want to hitch yourself up to somebody, Hergie's the guy to do it because I'm telling you, I, I'm very excited to see what he does in this offense here in Montreal and to see a national receiver yeah. become potentially the focal point mm-hmm. of this offense. That's also very exciting as well. It's something that I, I never would have seen coming five years ago, but my goodness, like this, this has potential. And if, if he works just as well as he did with VA in the minicamp out in uh, Seattle, oh boy, 
we're gonna we. I, I, I'm 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 excited. What Touch else can I say? I'm for, for days. Yes, sir. <laughs> Uh, don't forget we are on social media. There are many places where you can find us. Uh, our main Twitter account is at Alouette's FL Deck. Uh, you can find us at Instagram at just to look for Alouette's Flight Deck. Facebook, look mm-hmm. for Alouette's Flight Deck Pod. Uh, our merchandise store, you can head over to teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck and get ready. Get ready for our 2022 drop. It's coming very soon to the store and uh we'll let you know on social media when that does go live and lastly really people really does anybody i know we're doing this again but does anybody not want a free new delta logo satin jacket well all you gotta do if you've done it already try to get some other people to do it because on youtube if we go right over to our youtube channel just do a search for alouette's flight deck currently we're at 68 people okay we need 32 more to get us to that magical number of 100 that we're looking to get to. And anybody who has signed up at that time will be eligible to win said Delta logo satin jacket. New with tags, still in the plastic. If you, Again, if you have multiple accounts, sign up that way. Yes, you could, you know, gives you, I guess, I guess it gives you a better chance at winning. Um, sure. But I, I understand it's it's tough when it comes to, you know, just because of, of you, know, you don't want to listen to a podcast on YouTube. But our channel is going to be growing and we've all and we're looking to do many you know bigger and better things this season. Just sign up. It can't hurt. It's free. All you can do is click. Go there. Search for Alice Fight Deck on YouTube. Subscribe. It's free. And then we'll give away this jacket like we've been trying to do for so long. We love you guys. What better way? Join the join the Delta Jacket crew, buddy. Me, you can picture with you, me. Hey, Cliff, myself, and and whoever you may be. So why the heck not? Tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your family, tell your mom. Tell, exactly. <laughs> Listen, I don't care who you tell. Tell somebody. Yeah. Get them to subscribe. You know. That's right. Even if you have to offer them punch and pie. Punch and pie. That's that's more people will come if there's punch and pie. That, I've been told. So I heard. Maybe maybe the owls will offer punch and pie to go to Three Rivers. Maybe. Maybe. Only one way to find out. What type of pie? And that's the last episode. Anyways, uh, <laughs> as we mentioned, the uh, sorry, the CFL gods graced us with some news today. And we've been wondering what was being thought about, you know, because the whole thing earlier in the offseason with four downs and potential changes to the hash marks to make the game uh, a little bit faster. Well, the CFL announced their rule changes, uh, which they said rule changes build on strengths of the CFL game. Um, we can go over these, I guess, one by one, and I'm curious to know, uh, we'll give you what, uh, what our thoughts are. Um, but obviously I guess after no major, you know, real, no surprise since they've been talking about it so much, Cliff, they actually are going to be changing the, the, the hash marks on the CFL field. So they will be move closer to center field. Each one will be 28 yards from the nearest sideline at 20 as instead of 24, and as the CFL is promoting, as a result, there will be nine yards apart instead of 17 yards apart. Um, Commissioner Ambrosi said uh, moving the ball closer to center will encourage teams to use the entire field and their entire playbooks. Is this a, I mean, we have to see for sure, but do you see this as being, because they put this first, as if it is the main game changer. What's your thought when you heard about this one? Well, the first thought is, 
thank God, like all the talk about going to four downs was literally just that talk. Because mm-hmm. believe me, if that's what they started out with, and it, it would not be pretty. It would not be pretty. But that is the second thing they talked about right behind the possibility of going to four downs was the moving the hash marks in closer in order to open the field up and make better use of it and really open the game up more, especially for like Canadian players who tend to play out on the wide side. And, uh, you know, they're 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 going to be a little bit more involved in the action, in which case I'm all for that. I'm all for using the entire field. Yeah. Because now you're going to open up the playbook a lot more. You're going to get have quarterbacks be forced to be creative with their play calling. Offensive coordinators are going to have to be more creative with their play calling as well. Defensive coordinators are going to have to adjust as well. Yeah, for sure. Everybody. This affects everybody. And I think in a positive way, too, because now you're going to see a much more broad appeal as far as you know what plays are going to be called. You, you, you can't afford to be conservative. Like Now you're expected to take more chances. And come up with more innovative plays. And that to me is going to lead to better football in the long run. Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be people that are still trying to figure out how this works. And to me, like I'm, I'm really curious to see how this is going to work once uh, training camp gets underway, especially when they start doing scrimmage games, how it's going to look. And I think it's gonna be a little bit weird at first, but I think overall, this is a move that's going to be very interesting to see. And I'm, I'm really curious to see it in action. It's one thing to talk about it and read about it in a press release, but yeah. to actually see it in, in its true form, yeah, like I, in person. I agree with you. I'm really curious to see how that's going to look. And I, I'm excited. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, just a couple yards difference. We'll see if it, it really does make a difference when it comes to uh, how the teams uh, approach uh, approach the game. Now, these other changes that are coming up are very interesting, too. Uh, and it makes me, to me, I'm looking at these. I, I'm thinking that these actually may have, in my opinion, Cliff, these seem to be a little bit more um, game-changing than the hash marks itself. Uh, offenses will get more of a head start. After a made field goal or single point, drives will start from the 40 instead of the 35. Teams kicking off for any reason will do so from their 30 instead of the tw- uh, instead of the 35. The only exception is kickoffs following a safety. They will now occur from the 20 instead of the 25. Now, it seems like a lot of these things were looked at, and you know, a lot of the spring leagues are, are we're looking at different rules on how they, you know, so there'd be more in more kicks in play, et cetera, et cetera. Mind you, the CFO game is at. You know, our our field is at 110 yards anyways now. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? Because putting it at the 40 instead of the 35, um, isn't that going to give it more of a chance to get closer to the end zone? I mean, it absolutely I, will. You know, do teams take a knee and take a rouge? I, you know what I mean? What what are your, what were your thoughts when you, when you heard about this one? I, I'm intrigued because now you're going to see, I think... Uh, less gam uh, maybe less gambling as far as uh you know taking the rouge and trying to hope to get a better field position or start a better field position because uh now now this is like you're basically being in the shadow of your own goalpost now starting exactly. at your own 20 except except for on a safety the safety seems to be sort of hurting hurting a team because they're giving another team basically five more yards right I mean, this is again. This is one of those things that I really got to see in action because it, like, just I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around it. I'm like, 
wow, okay, this is this is really going to change special teams more than anything else. And this is clearly done to encourage more returns. Yeah, it's true. Which, you look at the first one for after a field goal, it's you're losing five yards, right? Oh, sorry, you're mm-hmm. gaining five yards. Kicking off for any other reason, you're you're giving five yards to the kick to the receiving team, and then you're gonna lose five yards from while you're you're basically giving another five yards to the receiving team also. Mm-hmm. So except you know except for a field goal and a single point, you're giving them five yards rather than earning five yards. I think it's really weird on how they're you're earning five yards for a field goal or a single point. Yeah, like I said. When, once we see it in action, it'll probably make a lot more sense. But like, just th- when you sh- you think about it now, like, oh boy, <laughs> yep, this is uh, this is going to be interesting. It's it's we're going to need it- a rule book to know the new rule book. <laughs> can yes. somebody please can somebody please print out a a, a, a you know a a lineup sheet for these? Because <laughs> we know we're going <laughs> to question them throughout the year. Be like, isn't it this? It's like, oh yeah, no, it changed. Like 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 I said, the scrimmage games, which typically do fe- feature CFL referees in this like mock game atmosphere, mm-hmm. like they're going to be have to be up to date on this too, and like it's going to be really interesting to see. Now, here's an interesting one: when it comes to New Yard penalties, a true Canadian icon, like part of the game, all uh, New Yards penalties are now going to be 15 yards, no matter what. Whew. So that's a difference of 10 yards. If it that's were, huge. you know, from a bounce, from a kick that bounces to one that's taken on the on the on the kick, mm-hmm. thoughts? Well, that's big. That extra ten yards that, is going to be huge. Oh boy! Like <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, like it, like special teams, like Jeff Reinbold is going to get a workout this year, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get trying to get his charges up to date on this and get them up to speed too. Not to mention too. This really emphasizes how important it is to have a good kicker. Yep. Because you want someone that can hammer the ball deep. Yep. It's true. To, but at the same time, make sure that the uh, the special teams gives the, the the returner the space needed to work. But uh, now my wow. thing, my thing when I see this, Cliff, is I don't want yeah. pe- I don't want comp- comp- I don't want to see fans bitching later on in the year or or the talking heads talking about how much penalty yards are up. <laughs> they, they don't call it the canadian flag i know for nothing. i know but think about it for a second i mean this is this is an extra 10 yards on special teams which we know right now for most you know the you know alouettes were hurt quite a bit by special teams last year yes i don't want to see people complaining oh everything's up again well of course you change the rules especially when it comes to comes to, to no yard penalties it's called and, teach your players properly when it comes to the and, halo and this is why i i am extremely grateful to have a Jeff Reinbold as special teams coordinator because if anyone's going to get it and get make sure that the players get it it's going to be him yeah remember the remember the rule that they did in the XFL the original version of the XFL if it, once a punt went to more than 25 yards it was a free ball yeah <laughs> now mind you in the oh, way yeah. that's kind of how it is here too because a kicker a punt anyways anybody, everybody knows the, the kicker rule the punter rule you can go and you can recover the kick yes. um so yeah, we'll see what happens. I just want again, I just want people complaining about the uh, possibility of more yards, more penalty yards. That'll be something to watch for sure. Yeah, and let's face it, like as teams learn all these nuances, and uh, there's going to be a, a bit of a growing, some growing pains with this. And you're, I, I, I'm pretty sure the first two, three weeks, easily, you're going to see a, like a massive increase of flags as players have to basically relearn 
how how to be on special teams when it comes to this and with these penalties. It's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So I, I think we got to you know exercise a little bit of patience. There's a bit of a grace period for this. So hopefully hopefully everybody's a quick study. But you know it's easier said than done. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned to in our interview actually with uh, with Hergy, the two quarterbacks are now going to be allowed on the field at the same time. Now, provided all other ratio rules are satisfied, that this yes. this <laughs> I can just only imagine. Now, you know, this isn't in like the USFL where you can do where you can do two forward passes. I don't know what I mean. Is this technically done anyway? Anyways, when you do when you do the wildcat, I mean technically, but I guess it leaves it more open but, to to more flea flickers and, and and halfback options and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's also where having a mobile quarterback is going to be a godsend. Yeah, yeah. So because now, because now all of a sudden, if you've got a receiver playing quarterback and your quarterback playing receiver, like, yep, I'm curious to see how this works out. So I'm curious to see. Um, you know what? Just for just for fun, yeah, I think we got to see an offensive lineman take a snap at quarterback. Oh sure, and put 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 the QB in. You know, just you know, make them appreciate their job a little bit more. Yeah, this will kind of probably give a whole new meaning to the Philly special. So. <laughs> Four quarter, technically, for, if you have two wide receivers who can who can throw, I can only imagine. Hey, listen, we've got to whenever again. Gino Lewis, oh, dude, Vernon Adams, the Dominique Davis for a touchdown. <laughs> I love it. Or the other way around, it's gonna be wacko. I don't see why not. Yeah. Vernon does have a, a receiving touchdown to his name. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, uh, listen, embrace the chaos, folks. Yep. Uh, another change, uh, a communications coordinator from the officiating department connected to the, on, uh, connected to the on-field officials via headset communication will be embedded on each team's bench. This will allow information to be shared with coaches without requiring the referee to approach the sidelines, improving game flow. This will also make it easier for coaches to alert the officiating crew that they are initiating a timeout or a challenge. That last sentence kind of doesn't make any sense, considering all you got to do is run across the way and signal timeout with your hands or throw the damn flag. Well, I think that's what it is, is trying to avoid the coach running like a, you know, like a scalded dog trying to get the referee's I can, attention. I can understand other things like uh, explaining a rule or something like that. You know, I notice there are no changes. Uh, there are no changes to what is happening in the command center. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we'll see. What, we'll see. I don't, I don't know about this one. This one, this one's sort of okay. Uh, also, to keep the game moving, a penalty a penalty that occurs at the end of the first or third quarters will be assigned to start at the end start of the next quarter, rather than triggering an extension of the quarter. The non-offending team could still insist the penalty be imposed uh, within the quarter if there is a clear advantage, such as wanting to keep the win behind it for a crucial or for a crucial kick. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. It's a minor minor change, but I kind of like it. Yeah, why not? I mean, sure. <laughs> Um, circumstances under which the command center is allowed to help on-field officials uh, without the coach's challenge or a, an official's huddle will be expanded to include position rulings, boundary rulings, and administrative rules such as a, such as formation without an end, an end or ineligible player uh, downfield designed to allow the command center to get in front of the coach's challenge when an obvious outcome is known, improving the flow of the game, it is to occur via headset communication and without stopping the game. I thought that was the case anyways. I thought there was well, somebody down there anyways. 
Maybe they're Those... expanding this a little bit. I don't know, but I thought there was always somebody down down there. Maybe I'm wrong, but I always thought there was somebody down there. Well, and I think there was a few instances where, like, little things like that, like that sort of fall under that purview, if you will. That yeah, would be nice if someone had caught that, and it's, if it means that the command center can actually be that eye in the sky, like it should be, and just notice those little things, and kind of stop it, you know, kind of nip it in the bud. Yeah. If if only to keep the game move, moving a little bit more, then yeah, that's fine. This one so is is more of a housekeeping thing. Yeah, I think. this rule is interesting. Introduction of a new objectional conduct penalty for quarterbacks who quote unquote fake giving themselves up by pretending to initiate a slide while carrying the football. The ball will be spotted uh, where the fake occurred. The safety of all of all quarterbacks is jeopardized when measures to protect them are instead used to gain an advantage. AKA the Kenny Pickett rule. Yeah, I get that, but I I, I honestly you what what's the point of a you know when a, a, a weird offensive play you're trying to get an advantage you're trying to deceive the team the other your opposing team you know what well, i mean yeah i, I mean do, do they do this i can't remember do they do this in the ncaa's well that's just it that's who kenny kenny pickett the quarterback yeah. for uh, university of pittsburgh he, yeah. that, he was famous for that he ended up ha- helped him score a touch end up scoring a touchdown uh in the acc championship if i'm not mistaken and okay. uh, like I said, he, he, faked, he faked everybody out of their shorts. I know. They thought he was, and again, he used it to his advantage. Exactly. Which, yeah. I mean, what, what's going to happen? Okay. 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 I'm going to give you an example here. Is this yeah. where we should probably get, you know, you know uh, head referee here on the show? Say a, a, a quarterback is running down the field, stumbles, gets up, and starts running again. Will they call it if there's a player around? Because that's or, not a fake. Or, who determines if it is a quote unquote fake? What are the what what are what is the terminology? That's what I want to know. I think it has to be, and I I, I I'm leery of using this term after a couple of years ago. Egregious. Oh, Lord. I think it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the days egregious. of days of fishing, fishing for a for a replay uh, for a replay for yourself. Yeah, it's it's one thing to stumble or trip on your shoelace or whatever the case may be, where you you know somehow end up on the ground but then pick yourself back up and keep going yeah it's another thing to basically fake someone out of their jockey strap and uh you know make them look foolish on the way to yeah. the end zone. i know so i think that's what it is it's just trying to you know not make people look stupid last but not least I, automatic ejection for any player guilty of two unnecessary roughness penalties or two objectional conduct penalty conduct penalties or a combination of two unnecessary roughness or offensive conduct Objectional conduct penalties for infractions that occur following a play. This will discourage the type of conduct that can threaten player safety and disrupt game flow. This seems already all. Is it this one already seems to be a thing? And I think in some other leagues already. Is yeah. It, is it not? I think in college football this is the thing. US oh, it definitely co- is. It's college football. Yeah, the your referee will will make it a point to announce that uh, you know it's basically you get one warning and yeah. then and the other one then you're ejected. Yep. Dear God, dude, if they bring in the taunting rule for a touch, that oh, I don't don't get me started on that rule. <laughs> that's, that's that's the stupidest rule I've ever seen. Taking away a touchdown just because they claim you're taunting. Anyways, yeah, keep that south, keep that south of the border, please. Um, mm-hmm. any of these really stand out to you? I really think one of the interesting ones to me again is the two is the two quarterbacks at the same time. Uh, I'm really questioning that the, this fake penalty that's really to me today that's what it is it's a fake penalty (laughs) 
I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Um, any others really stand out to you that you really don't understand why they're there? Um, again, we noticed that there was nothing here when it came to um, the operations or rules concerning, maybe because it isn't upper operations for the command center. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I've got no real beef with any of these uh, rules per se. I mean, I again, if this is what it's going to take to help get people more excited about the way the Canadian game is played, then I'm willing to see I'm I'm willing to wait and see it in action. I think that's really what it's going to come down to is actually seeing it operate for the first time. It's it's going to be a little jarring, I think. Yeah. Uh, to me, like like right away, like kickoffs are going to be, I think, a whole different breed altogether. And I think that's where you really see where the coaching pays off. Like, again, I can't stress how important it is to make sure you have a good kicker and make sure you've got the rest of the special teams unit all on the same page and give the returner the space he needs, but at the same time, be ready to stop him. Because if you're giving, you're basically giving the returners the opportunity to score. Yeah. you're, You're almost... I'm not, I'm not saying making it easier for them, but you're making it less difficult. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be wrinkles. There's going to be some feeling out processes here for this. And I mean, on the surface, I don't really see anything bad about any of these. Like, and some of them just seem a little redundant. Cause like I said, you, you think they're already being enforced, but it's just, now, I guess now making it official and not leaving it up to, you know, whether the referee, believes it should be called or not, it's now concrete. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I, I mean, is this going to help improve the flow of the game? Is this going to help make it more exciting? I guess only time is going to tell. Uh, as far as the hash marks go, trying to open up the field, I'm all for that. I'm all for trying to make better use of the field and better use of the players as well. And yeah. I think it's really going to make things a lot more interesting for sure. Yes, sir. Yeah, no. I know. I guess we got to see them play out. That's the main thing. Um, yeah, obviously there are some some things that I wish would occur more. You know, I've mentioned it on social media already. Uh, I think we need a little bit more transparency from the uh, from the command center. But that may be an op operation operations thing. But you know, I still think there needs to be some sort of transparency with some of this, especially when it comes to the command center. I, I think they need to spice it up a little bit. Don't worry about in you know. Don't have a don't worry about innovation just try it that type of thing if it doesn't work then don't do it don't do it next year but no and if only to help keeping people educated about the game and keep them understanding why certain calls are being made like to me i think that's what that's what it has to come back to more than anything else is just helping people understand why like no matter what if the call goes against your team you're not going to be happy yeah call goes for your team you're going to be happy if nothing else to have that explanation and just a, a little bit more, you know, put a little substance behind the call that's made on the field and not just, well, this is the command center, command center says this and that's it. And like, okay, if you don't like it, lump it. Like yeah. that, that, to me, that doesn't work. So we'll see. Like a better, a better explanation, a better understanding, if you will, of why what was called was called, I, I think would make a, a big difference and help people understand and appreciate the game as it's being played and as it's being officiated as well. Yeah, I agree. So as I said maybe more stuff will come out before training camp, or we'll see. I mean, it's uh, the main thing is we're coming up on the draft, we're coming up on training camp, we're coming up. Uh, you know, the I'm sure Randy, uh, uh, Randy Roach up here in Montreal will be fun. Well, obviously, we'll keep you guys up to date and appears on everything that we're going to be doing. So stay, make sure you you stay uh, uh stay watching our social media accounts. 
Um, Cliff, it was a couple of weeks, buddy. It was glad to get uh, glad to, glad to get back with you again on the pod. So it's uh, let's let's get this uh, regular season going. Absolutely, because that means we'll be talking more football more frequently, and I'm all for that. And I think we're we're long overdue for that. And I'm once again. I'm excited to get this season going. I'm excited to get talking more about some football, maybe get some more players on to talk as well, get them excited about this as well. I mean, this this is what we're here. And once again, this is for all of you fans as well. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your feedback, good, bad, or other. If we're doing something right, let us know. And if we're not doing something right, let us know as well. Like, reach out to us on social media. There's plenty of ways to do it. Make sure you subscribe to the show. However you listen to podcasts, Make sure you subscribe, throw us some likes. We love that stuff. And just engage with us because we're here for you and we want to be keep being here for you as much as possible. Exactly. We love talking to you guys every week. We will see you uh, next week. Talk about, I'm sure we'll be talking about the draft and uh, hopefully some more news will uh, will be dropped our way by the uh, CFL News God. So for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I am Tim Capper. Ron, final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.